Welcome to the Freelance Revolution Podcast. I'm Leah. And I'm Sarah. We're both seasoned freelancers running successful online businesses that allow us the flexibility to live the lives that we want. We do different work as freelancers. We find our clients in different ways and we have different business models. The one thing that unites us is a passion for helping others work on their own terms. We're not here to give you a silver bullet or sugarcoat the work it takes to develop and run a successful business. We're here to guide you through the journey we've already taken, bust common myths about the freelance lifestyle, and give you the support you need to keep going when things get tough. The Freelance Revolution podcast is brought to you by Freelancers Align, our free community for freelancers and solopreneurs. Did we mention that membership is free? Go to freelancersalign.com to learn more and sign up. Hi. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? Good. I'm excited to talk to you today. Yeah, I'm excited too. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to let you drive Leah because you're in charge. Um, Today's topic is how to start a business of one instant freelancer. Okay. So this is Sarah's new book that I just purchased and I'm super excited. Um, I dived into it over the weekend and really excited. I have questions for you that I want to kind of talk you through. And if you have not heard of it, or if you have not purchased it yet, it's available on Amazon and it'll be in the show notes. But, um, I think instant freelancer, I think that's a perfect title. I'm just going to like ramble on about you because I think it's great. Also, I just want to say, and I think it says this in the end, in the acknowledgement section, you get credit for the title because instant, the words instant freelancer were, were your idea. So I want to make sure you get full credit for that. And thank you for letting me use it. I think there's so many times where we put so much pressure on the setup of like things. And it's this whole process that, I mean, it doesn't have to be like most people know my story. Like I literally had no choice. Like I had to jump in and become a freelancer. I had no other choice at the moment. Um, I had to figure stuff out. I had like, there was no other choices. Like it was just, it had to happen and it happened instantly. So, you know, just figuring out the shortest path, like to get independent work and what makes the most sense for you. And I've been going at this now, like this, um, this month is actually four years as a straight up freelancer. So that's been crazy. Um, the last four years, like looking for me, like what it was to what it is now. So I just like really want people to understand, like, it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be that. So we're going to jump into some of the questions that I have, but just wanted to stress that, that I think the title is perfect exactly for the content that's inside. So, um, will you, I love what you say in there about, wannabe freelancer versus a successful solopreneur. Can you kind of like describe like a wannabe versus a successful solopreneur? Sure. I mean, I think that like, depending on how you get to this path, like some, all of us have like some sort of like itch where we're like, whether you're just like, I need to like make money right now and I need to figure out a fast way to do it. 
or I've been working this like nine to five job and I'm just like not satisfied and I need to figure something else out. Um, I think that a lot of us think about working for ourselves in like a theoretical way. And it feels really um, big and daunting and scary to think about all the logistical pieces that you have to do. Plus like finding clients and being able to manage clients and knowing if you're going to be successful. And so I think that for folks who are, I mean, I think we, both of us have been wanting to be freelancers at one point where we just felt like something wasn't working and we knew that something else needed to change. And that, and that meant working for ourselves in various forms. And so I think that um, being able to set yourself up from the beginning, knowing that it's not like all a one size fits all approach. There's definitely completely different ways that people can go about becoming a freelancer, different ways that you can set up your business. And um, so the book really walks through like some of those decision points. We've talked about a lot of those things on our podcast in various episodes about like, why do you do, why do you want to do this? And how will that impact the type of business that you want to create. Um, And I think it gives you like, I think there's like the startup stuff, like how do you get it started? Like, what are the logistics of like starting it? How do you find your first clients? And then when you're going to be, um, when you're shifting to that like successful solopreneur, it's really about sort of the last half of the book where it's like, how do you manage clients? How do you make sure that you are actually love what you do, how you're, that you're getting things done that you're not miserable working for yourself because if you are, then like, don't do it anymore. Um, so yeah, I think that's like, like, I think that that journey from want to be freelancer to successful solo solopreneur is basically like the full trajectory of the book. I love it. Um, will you share some quick tips with us on the podcast and they'll have to like to get the full tips. They'll have to purchase the book. Um, but to stop daydreaming of being your own boss and jumping in immediately to take action, like just some quick tips on that to get them started. Yeah. So we talk, um, in, um, one of the chapters of the book, I talk about how to figure out the skills that you should be using. And one of those criteria is, um, which we've totally talked about on the podcast before too, but how do you know if your skills are going to make money? And sort of the way that I think about that is like, you need the path of least resistance. So being able to get started, you can definitely transition your business in a million different ways after you get it up and running. But in order to get started, you really need to think about the path of least resistance. And what that means is that you should think about skills that you're already good at. You should think about things that you're doing where you um, ideally already have a network of like people that know that you're doing this. Um, I think you can also think about ways that if you're starting a skill from scratch, so to say, that you're really doing your research to look at what skills are on demand. So Um, if you don't, if you aren't doing something where you have an existing network that you're really able to do your research and and think about, are you going to put yourself on a marketplace like Upwork? And if so, there's tons of information out there about like, what are the top, um, skills that people are going to Upwork for? Um, but ultimately if you want to be able to get started as fast as possible and be successful right out of the gate, then you're focusing on things that you know how to do. Um, and you're making sure that you're tapping your network as much as possible. Mm -hmm. I think that's huge. So when I am just going to add into this, like how it's relevant for 
across the board. <clears throat> when I started freelancing, I was jumping into something new. So I didn't have that network. And that's where a platform or a marketplace was really appealing to me. And so the research that I did wasn't necessarily like I knew my skills. I knew what I had to offer. I could pretty much do, you know, lots of different things in the, you know, in the online space. But it wasn't until I did that to refine that. But backing up, like the first thing that I researched was all of the different platforms that I could freelance on where I could have that instant network Mm -hmm. and that instant validation. So I was like, okay, put all my eggs in one basket And then I figured I would dabble on others and build those up at the same time because I did not believe at the beginning that I could make as much money as I do on one platform. And Mm -hmm. so that's where I kind of did it a little bit backwards, where I should have been spending, like jumping in on one platform, using their resources and things, and then honing in on my skills. It would have saved me a heck of a lot of time instead of dabbling in so many different services that I was offering. Yep. And I was like literally thinking about you as I said that, because I know that like we came at this from very different ways and there's no, again, there's no one right way, but if you're like the thing, the thing that you need to think about no matter what is like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I want to make like a complete 180 and do something completely different than what I'm doing right now. And like, I'm not saying you can't do that. If that's what you feel like you need to do, then do it. That is going to be, there are going to be many more barriers to you getting started if that's what you're going to do. If you're just like, I just need to prove to myself that I can be a successful business owner and get a little bit of that confidence under your belt while you're like maybe shifting, learning some new skill sets, exploring some new avenues. I think that's usually a better way to go because if you're like, okay, I um, want to learn this completely new skill set and start doing this new thing that doesn't leverage any of my existing skills, chances are you're much less likely to actually do it because there's so many more barriers to you getting started. So it's about removing barriers. And then, like I said, it's about taking the path of least resistance. But ultimately, um, it's the, all of that starts with like truly understanding what you're good at. Um, and then like leveraging that to be able to add new things to your repertoire. Yep, exactly. Okay. So I'm going to deviate. I have some other questions, but, um, what I want to ask is when you were writing this book, what was the most exciting thing for you to get down on paper where you were like, if I have one thing to say, like, I hope that this is the one thing that they take away from this book. I think that it's the first chapter, um, which is about the like the freelance revolution. So I think that I really believe that working for yourself is better. <laughs> I know it's not for everyone, but I do honestly think it's better. I think it gives you just this like level of control over your work, over your money, over your life, over your time that you just don't have when you work for someone else. And so, and I think that like that is becoming very evident to people in a lot of ways, especially right now. And so I think being able to talk about the fact that like, it's not just about, I think the sentence I used in the introduction is like, I'm not here to tell you how to make a quick buck. Like I'm here to tell you how to build a business that like gives you the life that you want to live. And I think there's like a fundamental difference there. (coughs) It probably would be easier to market a book that's like, hey, make a hundred thousand dollars in six months. But like, that's not the book that I'm writing. Could, can you do that? Sure. Totally. 100%. But, um, I think that the, the point of it for me is about how, is about 
freelancing so that you can be free, not so that, and all, all of those other things, money, time, control, all those things are tied into that freedom, but um, it's not just about the money. Right. You don't start freelancing just for the money. Mm-hmm. You don't start a business just for the money. Mm-mm. Or you'll never, you'll, you will not have, it's not enough to keep you going. There are ma- there are easier ways to make money. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> um, all right. So in your book, you talk about presenting your skills like a pro. Can you elaborate a little bit more on that? Sure. So I think in the beginning, I think you and I have gone through different iterations of this on our own too. And so like, it's, this is really something that I, that I can say in hindsight Like, I'm not sure that this is exactly how I approached it in the beginning. Um, But this is, again, why, like, the things that I put into this book give people a shorter path than what it took me to get here, um, because it's everything that I've learned along the way. But really focusing on what your skills are in the beginning and being able to tell people clearly the problems you solve and the services you offer um, is really important. And I don't, I think that With that said, especially when you're first starting out, you just need to understand that that's going to change constantly. So like every time you get a new client and do something for them that you either like or don't like, then you're adding new and different skills to your um, profile, basically, and being able to say like, here's what I do. Here's what I don't do. The stuff that I do now is not stuff that I did when I started um, like six ish years ago, I think now. Um, I do, I have really like honed in on like, this is what I want to do. This is what I don't want to do. I add new things and I take things off the list all the time, but being able to be really clear about your skill set and the types of packages and services that you offer to your clients will really set you apart from the beginning um, and be able to attract higher paying clients because you'll, you'll look like you have your shit together. Mm -hmm. Perfect. All right. So Um, this might just be the season of life that we're in, but everyone through the pandemic worked from home and now people are starting to go back to work. But I think it's just kind of, it's important to understand, like, what are some valuable tips that you have to work from home? Like strategies, practices, things like that. Yep. Um, I think designated space is a big one. It doesn't mean that you have to have room for a full-blown office, but I think having a space that is like just for work, even if it's like a closet or a table or a bag where you keep your computer and then you pack up your computer at the end of the day and put it somewhere else. So I think having designated space is really important because work can easily bleed over. Um, I also think that understanding the conditions for your best work are important. So like, Where are you most productive for certain types of work that you're doing? So I like to do, if I'm writing, I like to be here, like in that chair. And if I'm just like responding or doing like quick one-off things, checking emails or like doing some sort of task that like I'm really not looking forward to doing, I actually like to be out of the house. I like to be like in a coffee shop or something like that because it, that kind of like boundary around my time makes it easier for me to concentrate. Um, and then I think it's just important to like, 
I think it's like kind of a catch 22 because like I, while it is important to keep your boundaries between work and life, um, like have boundaries. I think you also need to recognize that like your boundaries are just like a little bit fuzzier, um, which for me is the beauty of like, it can be a blessing and a curse all the time. Um, but like I, my to-do list during the day has everything on it from like respond to email, create meaning agenda, switch the laundry, feed the chickens. So it's like all the things are on there and I'm like interspersing those things throughout the day. Um, and so I think it's like, be aware of your boundaries, but know that like your boundaries are not going to be as firm as they were when you were working in an office. I totally forgot that you had chickens. (laughs) They're on my list every day. Hey, there you go. Okay. Um, for me, I'm going to add one thing on that. That's been helpful for me that you guys might find helpful too. Um, so I do a lot of work in the car when I am being taxi mom. And so there's things that I like specifically put on my taxi mom list of things that I know that I can get done in the car. Um, so like when you were working at a coffee shop, like that's when I'm responding to my emails and things like that. So just kind of looking at the time that you have available and optimizing that, like I, find it completely counterproductive and just annoying. Like when I don't have anything to do while I'm waiting for a kid and I end up just scrolling through social media, like that's just not what I want to be doing where I feel like, Oh, I should have planned my day out better. Um, so it's just that constant reminder too. So, yeah, I think that's super important. And I think that I was just doing that this morning. I was thinking about, like all like little tiny things like little like I'm like okay I have these like five emails that like I haven't heard back on and so I'm gonna reply to them and like check in and I did that while I was at the gym this morning like in between sets because it's like those are like the quick things where like I don't want to waste my like dedicated work time when I'm at my desk having to do those when you could be doing that like at the gym or like in your car or like things like that so I think learning how to and that's a really good example of blurring your boundaries, learning how to, how and when it makes sense for you to like blur those boundaries and do little bits of work in between other things. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So um, let's talk about how you created conditions for your best work, like how that process that you used. Mm-hmm. So um, you think about the when, the where the what and the how. And so different types of work, um, like I kind of talked about with the coffee shop example, different types of work um, happen best in different conditions. And so I like to, like if I'm um, focusing on some, if I really need to like focus on something specific, then I need to be like in a certain place. I listen to music that doesn't have any words. So like classical music, Um, if I'm just like checking things off and like responding to emails and like doing quick things, then I like to listen to music with words or like podcasts. Um, And I literally have like different, like whether I'm in my office or like outside or like somewhere else, um, I have different spaces where I'll be like, okay, I need to write like this blog and it's going to take me an hour. And so I'm going to like do that while I'm at this coffee shop. Um, 
the other thing that I, that I like to do too, is like, if you're doing a bunch of calls, like, I think there's different types of calls. There's calls where you need to be like super engaged and you're like facilitating the call or you're um, like managing a process through a call and like leading the meeting. There are other calls where like, you're literally just listening in and like sometimes responding. Um, but those kind of calls actually find that I'm better able to pay attention if I'm doing something else at the same time, something that is like super low cognitive load, like I'm folding laundry or I'm taking a walk or I'm doing something where I'm not sitting in front of my computer because I find that when I'm sitting, if I'm not in a call where I'm like constantly engaged and like need to be on and like running the call, then I'm just checking out. And I'm like checking my email or doing other things if I'm sitting in front of my computer. So I think there's tons of different strategies to be able to um, leverage the what, when, how, mm -hmm. and where to um, make sure that you're um, getting things done. Right. For sure. I love that. Okay. So I have one last question, but I first want to just jump back into more about your book. So um, you may be thinking like, what is, is this book for me? So I love the chunk on the back of your book. Um, you're dying to quit your nine to five and start working as a freelancer, but you also want to eat and possibly retire someday. Very true. Um, you need a step-by-step -step guide that takes you from a wannabe freelancer to to a successful solopreneur with checklists, guides, questions, and exercises covering everything from business setup to finding the fastest or defining clients to getting the stuff done without hating your life. Instant freelancer is the fastest, straightest, cheapest path to independent work that gives you life that you want to live. Sorry, my lawn it being mowed right now. So if you can hear that. <laughs> um, this is like working from home conditions. Summer. It's summer, <laughs> man. Hey, yep, there we go. All right. So I want to wrap up my questions with one that's pretty deep. So why freelancing right now? Like you're kind of blowing the lid off of like safety security. Mm -hmm. So why freelancing now? Um, so I like fundamentally believe that freelancing is actually more secure than having a nine to five job that works when you work for other people. So I think a lot of us learned over the last few years that like you can get fired from a nine to five job, like at the drop of a dime. And when that happens, all of your income, your benefits and your security go away all at the same time. When you work for yourself, you have a variety of clients. And I think as we've talked about many times before, like that there's no one size fits all approach to that. You and I have very different types of clients, client loads. Um, but it, what happens is like, if I lose a client, um, I'm really, I'm not losing all of my income. And it also means um, that if you have, if you securing benefits on your own is not easy. So I'm not going to like paint a like rainbow picture of finding health insurance and all that kind of stuff on your own. It is not easy, but it does mean that again, your benefits are not tied to one individual person that you work for. And I think what that does is it actually gives you a lot more freedoms to be discerning about who you work for and with and what you do, because I think you can um, end client relationships when it's not working for you. I think it's a lot harder to do that when you have a nine to five job. You end up, I think, a lot of times taking a lot more crap because everything is tied up in that one job. And 
leaving it can be really scary. Um, so I think that we're in a place right now where the economy is shifting to allow independent to allow for more independent workers. People being more accepting of working from home fundamentally means that they're they're getting more and more likely to hire freelance talent. And I think it's also really a good thing for businesses, um, especially small businesses like ours. Like you and I have zero money to hire like a full-time social media person or like a full-time accountant or, and nor do we need to. Right. And so I think being able to hire pieces, like tiny pieces of the people that you need makes, um, actually makes it easier for small businesses to function because you don't have to, uh, it's not all or nothing. You don't have to hire a full-time person or nothing at all. You can get the skills that you need um, from freelance talent and sort of piece together the team that you need within the budget that makes sense for you. Exactly. Love it. I totally agree with you. It is, it's scary to go out on your own, but it's also scarier to be, have all of your eggs in that one basket totally. and the potential of it just being done. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so I'm going to let you just talk about anything else that you want to share on your book because I'm super excited to continue reading it and super proud of you. So, um, I mean, I think that's like pretty much it. It was like a really um, interesting journey and it feels kind of crazy that it's like out there in the world now. And um, ultimately now I just hope people will um, buy it and not because of the money, although that's great too, but mostly because like, I truly believe, like I said before, that like, this is a better path. And while I, while I don't think that means that like every single person is going to work for themselves, I do think that, um, a lot of people would be happier if they work for themselves. And hopefully this gives you like a really fast, straightforward guide, um, to doing it. Yeah. And I love guys that there's like diagrams and pictures in here. Like there was one that was just really cool. I got to share it. Like that just like makes my heart happy. It like makes my brain happy. Like all of those fun things as I'm just paging through, it's laid out great. I it's yeah, it's totally the step-by-step guide that you need. I'm so happy that you like it. All right. Well, I think that's it. Thank you for asking me all the things about my book. And um, like Leah said, we'll put the link in the show notes. Um, I hope that y'all will buy it. And um, as a self-published author, I hope that you also leave me a review on Amazon because it is the most helpful thing um, that people can do to help my book get more visibility. So thank you so much. And we will talk to you next time. Bye guys. Thanks for listening to the Freelance Revolution podcast. Don't forget to check out our free community for freelancers and solopreneurs. Go to freelancersaligned.com to learn more and sign up.